We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan, you're looking for a little piece of White Sox news. I heard that, that your guy, Scott Boris, is interested <laughs> in trying to figure out what's going on with potential trade of Dylan Cease. We've had conversations about Dylan Cease, but I also know that, you know, we're not going to to move a player like Dylan or anyone else unless we feel like we're going to benefit. David Haw. And so you're still thinking then, Cub fan, you're like, well, what about the pitching? It's about the pitching, stupid. It is. The Cubs and the Red Sox are seen as very much in play on left-hander Shota Imanaga. Big news on the north side in the early days of 2024. Shota Imanaga and the Chicago Cubs finalizing a multi-year contract. This is the biggest move the Cubs have made since they hired their manager, Craig Council. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw. 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score. You guys just make the drive so much better in the morning. Let's go! Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, it is a glorious and, and lovely Wednesday, January 10th in the fine city of Chicago. Looks like the snowstorm didn't really hit. A little bit of snow, but nothing that can uh, immobilize a town like ours. Morning, Mully. Yes, happy Wednesday. What a snowstorm. I hope you brought your umbrella. To the snowstorm, yeah, because you, you needed go. it. Yeah, lots of rain, very wet, kind of washed away the snow. Uh, depending on where you live, I think west of the city got it a lot worse. Maybe a little bit mm-hmm. north and west. Not to break into Brant Miller here, but I, largely the city was uh, eh, kind of didn't get the worst of it. it sounded like it was going to be much sloppier, much more hazardous than it yes. became, and thank goodness it wasn't the case. Yes, that uh, that is good stuff. It did not stop the Cubs from striking. No, that is for sure. They uh, no no snowfall is going to prevent off season unstoppable them from force. delivering the mail, so to speak. Right? <laughs> they made a good signing. It, sure. Yeah, they made a, a smart signing. They signed that Japanese pitcher they were after. Well, one of the Japanese pitchers they were after. They did not get Yamamoto. He's the big money guy. Were they ever after him? Um, I'm not sure how far down the road they got with him, but they did reach an agreement with Shota Imanaga, left-hander, 30 years old, comes from uh, af- comes from the Cubs, comes to the Cubs from Japan after eight years, right? As a professional there, he he's a he's a very experienced player, as you say. He's 30. He's also lefty, right? Yeah, that, that is a. Uh, 
that's a good thing to have. He um he he does a good job of uh of not a lot or he did a good job in Japan anyway of not allowing a lot of runs against. He basically he's been uh he's been with a 3.0 maybe just over ERA for a long time. That's pretty impressive. It is impressive. He has pitched in some big moments. He was a starter against Team USA in the World Baseball Classic in the decisive game. Went two innings, uh, was pretty effective, and he's got a pedigree, and he misses some bats. Now, you never know. the time he struck out Trout? That was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, no, that was his teammate. That, that, was, that was the other guy they were chasing. Yeah. yeah. They never chased him, did they? Um, I don't know if they really were after him. But this is a good, this is a good signing. It is uh, decent money, but it's not, you know, $15 million a year. I want to say guys like uh, Giolito are getting that. So this is pretty good to to bring in a guy like this and and not uh, be looking at a way to kind of fix him. Obviously, he's not pitched in the major leagues before, but the probably second best league in the world. I think you're exactly right there. And you look at the Cubs rotation and he can slide in as a possible third or fourth starter, maybe higher than that if things go well. You don't want to expect too much Mm -hmm. because you don't know how the adjustment phase will be. That makes it tricky to predict. You look at past examples, you don't know what the comp would be. But, Molly, they're losing Marcus Stroman. Now they're replacing him with Imanaga. Different different type of a pitcher, left-handed versus right-handed. But the cost – they're they're saving some money here, and this that, you don't look at it that way. But fifteen million dollars a year, according to John Morosi, is relatively cheap for a guy that has the potential to be a top of the rotation starter. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's uh, it's interesting. We'll we'll get a better feel for it moving forward. We'll get a better feel for it. There's a lot of complications in the money because everyone's got an opt out, so you don't know. Uh, if that's them protecting themselves or if that's, uh, you know, he's here for a couple of years anyway. We know that. And uh, and he's a guy that will have time to figure it out. A couple of years is what you're looking at, right? The yeah. window opened and the urgency arrived because you hired Craig Council in the way that you did. You want to win now. And I think Imanaga gives you a chance to stay consistent with that goal. And he's somebody that um, you look at the rotation now. The left-handedness is interesting because you've got – Justin Steele, mm-hmm. you've got Jordan Wicks, you've got Imanaga. Now Tyrone and Kyle Hendricks, Javier Assad, you've got six guys now that you, you're going to need. You also have young guys on the, yeah. on the way, and you don't know um, if Ben Brown's going to be the guy this year or next year. You just This is a, a good signing, I think, because you're getting someone that can come in and eat innings, and, you know, who knows? We don't know what the upside. You mentioned he could be a third or a fourth starter. That that seems like what to expect. Um, and meanwhile, you got other guys that may be developing and getting better, et cetera, et cetera. And you also have Cade Horton on the way. Yes. You know, he's the guy in your system that is exciting mo- most of the people, but there are other pitchers that are on the way mm-hmm. as well. So the Cubs have now uh, positioned themselves to have feel pretty good about the rotation. Don't stop now, Jed, because Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins, Matt Chapman, they're still out there, and you still need them. The, uh, the Blackhawks lost to the Oilers, and uh, Connor McDavid scored a goal. Can I call it perfunctory? 
the kind of performance. You know, the Oilers came in. They're on a winning streak. It seems like they're always on, like, an eight-game winning streak. But they just came in and got it done and left. That, that was about it. McDavid scored in the second period, and yep. the Hawks really played well for most of that game. Mm-hmm. You lose two of the one of the Oilers, you feel pretty good about just two goals to that explosive of a team. It's a shame that the Hawks fans weren't treated to Connor versus Connor. That's what a lot of people bought tickets to see. Right. And the, you now, it just was a reminder, you did see McDavid score. It was perfunctory. That's a great word for what happened last night at the United Center with the Oilers. And now we're going to wait five more weeks probably to see Connor Bedard back. They haven't really announced the timetable, but that seems realistic. Yeah, and um, it, it, again, it's um, it's tough because I don't know. We have a texter checking in. They're not good with him. I'm not saying they're they're great with him, but at least you know you're building towards something, and and he's a young player you're going to watch for a long time. I I think they're significantly less watchable without him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It doesn't really matter how good the record says they are with Connor Bedard this year. When you see what he's accomplished in the first half of his rookie season, exactly. it makes the record somewhat of a moot point. I, does it matter? Mm-mm. You're building towards something. You know the prospects they have in the system. Yes. You're you're looking ahead. And, and, uh, and fans know. It, it's remarkable. Last night is interesting because it was – Build as Connor versus Connor. It was why it was so hard to find on your television sets because of the marquee value of it on all the networks. The Hawks are third in the league in attendance. They're behind the your Canadiens. Well, and and you helped contribute to that. I've been to both teams. So okay, who do I have to go to to uh, see all the big box office draws? And the and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then the Blackhawks. I'm not going to Tampa to see a hockey. Game. <laughs> it's a great Thank place anyway. to see a game. It's a nice place to Amelie go. Arena. Nice place to go in the um, in the uh, winter in Chicago. I'll give you that. But See, let's that, do road that, trip. Yeah, they got all the blue lights and they. It's a cool setup when they have the downtown. It's a really nice hockey rink. But we digress. The Hawks are third, and their record is bad. Yes, and everyone knows that they're not really going to be any good this year. But the, the Bedard factor makes everything about this team interesting. I'm just debating whether we should do the Tampa trip now, or should we just hold I, out for Vegas? I really like I really like Tampa. Yeah, I, I I don't hate Tampa, and my brother is not that far away. He's he's in Gainesville now, so yeah, maybe we go stay with him and then drive up for the. Would game. he have us all? Oh yeah, no, no. Does he live in a mansion? He'd be the Mulligan life. Mansion in in uh, Northern uh, Florida, I, Central I think, Florida. I think. You know, when you're a former Gator, you just stay around there. Oh, oh, he never went to. He was in. Miranda. No, he didn't. Never did mind. <laughs> no, I, I. There are like there are football players in his neighborhood. It's pretty funny. Like guys that you've heard of who played at Florida, they kind of settled back down there because then, he lives next to Tim Tebow. They can they can go to the store and everyone will be like, "Hey, can you have him?" There? Uh, this is way off topic, but yes. next time you talk to your brother, ask him this question for me. I will. Why is the University of South Florida in Tampa? I didn't even know that the University of South Florida is in Tampa. Yeah. USF is in Tampa. Why, why would South Florida I be in Tampa? I don't know. Where's it's, Central Florida? It's always bugged me. Is Central Florida like in Orlando or something? <laughs> Tampa's not South Florida, though. No, no. South Florida is Miami. Yes. Yes. But 
The University of South Florida is in Tampa, St. Pete. Weird. Isn't it? Is Thank it you. in St. Pete or Tampa? Thank you. But I know. That's, that's confusing, yeah, that, too. That's very confusing. The Tampa Bay Rays, they play where? In, in St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. That's kind Let's of work out those things before we go down there. Yeah. The, uh, what? <laughs> okay. Very, we, very strange. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I just don't know where to go now because we should talk about, like, directional schools that are in the wrong spot because there are some of them around the country I, and i love the term directional school i do love that it's so derogatory it's so derogatory it's so mean yeah <laughs> but yeah central michigan eastern michigan western michigan yeah you, you know when they're all belonging to the same conference you can and and you're you know you can make fun a little bit of them i i like michigan i do too i think it's a great state uh, Michigan steams like a younger man dreams, right? Is that is that the um, like a young man's dreams? What is the what is the, uh, the, the Great Lake song? Yeah, the you know the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. He, he goes through all the all the Great Lakes. Speaking of Michigan, yes, Michigan, the national champion, Michigan Wolverines. Yes, there we go. That's a segue. We're still waiting to find out some clarity about Jim Harbaugh's future, which in turn we're still waiting to hear about the Chicago Bears' future in terms of their head coach, in terms of their assistant coaches. Still no word out of Hallis Hall. Yeah, I, I was curious about that. You want to expand upon that? So there's no news conference today. There's no news conference today, which I think uh, a lot of people expected. I think that maybe it was – uh, the media's expectation. I don't know if the Bears ever gave an indication that they would talk on Wednesday. It's just the league wants you to talk pretty much like within a week. They want they want this over because they don't want to take away from their wild card weekend. The, the super wild card weekend. Excuse me. It's going to be actually, I think I would add my own. They They have marketed it as super wild card weekend. I think they should redo it. Uh-oh. Super duper wild card weekend. I like it because it is yeah. going to be fantastic. It should be good. I mean, the playoffs set up pretty nicely. They do. I got to tell you. I, I mean, it, and I don't even know if we'll get to this or not. But I look at you know who are we kidding. We're going to watch every bloody game we can watch. <laughs> I mean, it's not like six games in three days. Yeah. If 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 I'm not in front of it as it's happening, I'm going to be doubling back. To, you know, if I had if if someone. And I wouldn't know who would want to, would want me to go out to dinner with them or something along those lines. I'm going to have to do that sort of thing. But then when I get home, I'll be watching the entire game. Of I, I, I'm not going to miss we all have our a, ways. a play of yeah. uh, the playoffs. But uh, playoffs, yes, I'm going to watch them all. But I just I – Playoffs? Wonder, I wonder, are there any games that you look at and you just zero in? I think that's a fun thing to talk about. Because there's some really cool kind of matchups. What's the weather in Kansas City? It's going to be like, um, I don't know, like it's it. going to be zero degrees temperature. And Miami, by virtue of the end of their season, they're done. They're going to Kansas City. They're done. And but the cheetah has played there before, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of a cool storyline of the two frozen- from Hawaii. I am aware. I mean, I'm aware. That's got to be really a shock I mean, to your system. I don't care Pat, how long you've been here. Pat Mahomes from Texas, and I don't I, think that's going to stop him Kansas, from being the best he's player. He's played in Kansas City for yeah, his, forever, it his seems. His blood has thickened yeah, as thickens. the weather gets yeah. cold.
Uh-huh. The weather could be a big factor. Uh, that game doesn't intrigue me as much as others. I think that's a fun, fun game. I think it's, you know, are there going to be cutaway shots? Don't I, bring I, that up. I've, I've, I've got chief fatigue. Look at you. I've got a little chief fatigue. I just, I, I, I wonder if the great Miami uh, wide receiver core is going to drop as many passes as the Chiefs. Well, like how, with their frozen hands and all the. How about your guy Chase Claypool in the news again for the wrong reasons? Yeah. Do you see that? I, so I, the the game ends. They the last play of Sunday's loss by the Dolphins. Ooh. Tua throws into double coverage, a route that Chase Claypool rounded off but didn't run correctly. As you know, That's one explanation. And it, it, you, you think it carries a little bit more weight when you see the reports yesterday from Miami. Chase Claypool, first practice for prepar- preparing for the Chiefs on the scout team. Yeah. Well, so maybe mean, we've seen that. Act we've seen before. that before. Yeah, it's a pity. Yeah. He hasn't had an impact in Miami. Did you think he was going to? No, I really didn't. But uh, that is what you call in the Ryan Poles playbook or glossary addition by subtraction. I just think that for a guy with his size and speed and all that stuff, it, it, it gets back to want to, gets back to how committed are you. Little things. Things, I got to be honest with you, with a guy like that going to Miami, I thought for a second, well, Let's see how that works out because he's a different type of receiver than some of uh, – never mind. Never mind. Yeah. So you think that the is the most – The other ones are good. You, you think that's the most intriguing um, game no, on, the, on the schedule? No, no, I just like the storyline of, of Miami freezing and the idea of the ex-teammate. I feel like I feel like if they could have somehow hung on to um, – to uh, the cheetah, they would have won multiple. I, like I feel like the thing they're missing is him mm-hmm. this year. I don't know how they won the Super Bowl last year without him, and, and it was no the, no problem. That, that's for why him. it doesn't really have the same I, kind I, of. I get it, cachet to me. But you could use him this. You time. certainly could, but you already proved last year you can win without him. Right. So that kind of takes a little bit of but, that storyline away Travis from Kelsey me. But Kelsey is so distracted yeah. and just distracted. I, you know, the whole love thing gets in the way of success. <laughs> it could. Who we kidding? I mean, he could be very I, distracted. I, I only say that to annoy my wife and daughters who get literally upset if I ever say, well, she's ruining the team. Like, I, I love that storyline because it's an annoyance. I don't know why I like annoying my family. Your veiled criticism of Taylor Swift is doesn't go over very well with your, with your no, family? No, they all love Taylor yeah. Swift. Oh, everyone in my household, except for myself and my son, uh, so that's, that's three- She get on board, man. Three-fifths of she's us good. have seen her in she, concert. She's good, yeah. I'm just saying, have you seen her in concert? Yeah. Okay, I haven't. I'm, 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 I'm a, a older- Gentlemen, I'm not a twelve-year-old girl. I'm not exactly, you know, in, I'm not exactly a teenager. No, I, I'm also. But you apparently I'm are a twelve-year-old girl. See what I did? You did. Thank you, buddy. So you, I don't I really do that to my family all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think you should get on board the. Uh, I should. Swift You're right. You're right. Very, very good music. She's. A I tremendous think she's songwriter. great. Yeah. I have no problem with her. I, I'm going to watch the Eras movie. I think it's a good investment. I, I haven't so. yet. I'm surprised I haven't yet. Yeah. I like. I think I'm waiting for it to to be streaming without pay. Right? Is it, is it now <laughs> just streaming with pay? I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. I haven't looked that far into it. My favorite game is the Rams Lions playoff game. I'm looking yeah. forward to that more than 
that's more a good, than the others. That's a good uh, Matt Stafford back with Jared Goff, you know, proving that that, uh, that he's not as good as Matthew Stafford. I th- that's the best story in the playoffs right now. Um, I suppose of these games. If if I felt like the Rams, the Rams are the Rams have a lot of talent. But they went from like Super Bowl dominant to kind of also ran, and now they're back. But they're, they're kind of they're dangerous. They're under the radar. They're back. dangerous, and the Lions could easily lose that. Lions game. could be a quick out. Yes, Lions could be a quick out Sunday yes. night. Uh, they're going to play in Detroit, home field for the Lions. That could be a factor. That's a difficult place to play because these fans are just crazy excited about the possibilities. Dan Campbell's an easy guy to, you know, to support. Because he's he is likable, he's likable, he's compelling. I'm saying that because I'm trying to like him, but I think the Rams, Rams could really ruin a lot of people's weekends. A lot in Detroit. of talent on that team. Did you see the Lions fans? They're trying to like do an organized ban on Stafford's jersey, <laughs> and then Matt Stafford's wife. Oh, don't mess with responded her. Responded back, said pretty much, I mean, just clap back. Just said it was sad. Nothing major. Just said it was, like, sad yes. that you guys are doing that. But I think it's pretty interesting. That's the best so one. The, so the Lions fan is going to try to stop people from wearing that shirt? Yeah, they're, like, doing, like, a, a ban of, like, let's no, no, not I'm wear. The Lions fan. The, I, I was well, a Lions fan is doing that. One okay. fan is That's trying to get other fans see, that's to what do I'm saying. that. I don't think the Lions, I think the Lions have a fan base. They just haven't been to, they just haven't made any kind of impact. That's they re- not a particularly they, loud They really haven't, yeah. but here in Chicago, we have very little room to mock a fan base that is oh, enjoying a playoff run. I, I am not mocking them. I'm merely saying that, that with, they're probably still in a Michigan hangout. <laughs> probably I, I think so. Michigan's probably yeah. the bigger news. Oh, and, yeah, this um, week. Yeah, and, and I mean, I listen, the Lions should win that game. They're at home, but. Would you pick them? Well, Are you going to pick them? I mean, when you go to the coaches, let's say, you know, who's more likely to lose that game, not win the game, <laughs> lose the game? Is it McVay or Campbell? Mm-hmm. I, I think you have to, you know, I think Dan Campbell more likely to lose the game. Could he win the game? Yes. But I don't think you are definitely – I think the coaching imbalance is an issue in this game. The coaching imbalance is definitely an issue. Dan Campbell, you could make the argument by not kicking the extra point to take the game into overtime, lost that game to the Cowboys. And, yeah, you know, all of it was really kind of cool. They should have won it. They went for two, and they had the, you know, the, the bad call, and the refs got in the way, and they, they, they deserved better. But you still had a chance to kick the field, kick the extra point and go in overtime. I know a lot of Lions fans, and I'm kind of having fun with them because I my wife's from Detroit, and I know a lot of people from there. Uh, but this is a very important text. I got married January 5th, 1992, the last time they won a playoff game. I have six grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> now think about it. That's generational stuff. That's <laughs> That's, that is pretty funny. So I, I hope that that grandparent is watching this weekend when the Lions make history. and By winning a, a home wild card game. By winning a home wild card game. Although I don't think it's going to happen. How do you, what about, like, among the storylines this week, what about, like, Mike McCarthy coaching against the Packers? Did you see he declined to talk about his time in Green I Bay? I was surprised at that. Yeah. Weren't you? I was a little surprised. I, I was surprised that he took that, that route. I, I don't know why now. I don't know how naive that is. You're, 
the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Everything you do, are you? It, you're the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and everything you do <laughs> is a little louder. Yeah, and is amplified, and you don't want to talk about your previous employer and you where got, you worked uh, for over a decade and, and won a Super Bowl. If you don't get to the NFC Championship game, let's say, are you still the coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I think he's definitely coaching for his job. Yes. We heard from Mike Florio yesterday. I think that's a sentiment around the league. Mm-hmm. And until we get clarity on Bill Belichick, I think it's a reasonable uh, rumor to entertain because you don't know with Jerry Jones. You never know with Jerry Jones. And nothing Jerry Jones has said has made you feel like Mike McCarthy's safe. <laughs> Anyway, there, I think a lot, there's a ton of good storylines. And as I said, we're going to watch all these games, and we will come in and argue about them afterward. But uh, y- y- the thing that's blowing my mind a little bit is that, you know, at one point in the season, the the Niners lost three straight games. Mm-hmm. And now look at them. At one point in the season, you saw the uh, – saw. Buffalo look like they were an also ran, and now look at them. Who's hot now? Well, that's what I'm saying. The Bills. And and but it, it depends on who's a hot team is. Clearly, and you look at at a team like the Eagles. They're going to play on Monday night. Oh my! It's just they've lost five of six, man. That's, that's, a, that's I was unbelievable. Yesterday, if they lose a, a, a their first playoff game. As much as you're launching the coach, I, I don't know if I'm launching you're, the coach. I'm paying attention to what gonna, they're saying in Philadelphia. You're going to replace him with Mike McCarthy. I, I don't know that I would do that, <laughs> and I'm not in favor of them launching the coach. But we have seen overreactions mm-hmm. to playoff disappointments around the league with impatient ownership and executives. It's true. It's true. It, it's uh, it's fun to think about. Cubs got a new player. Cubs have a new pitcher. The uh, the the weekend features them. Bulls got their ring of honor on Friday night. Is Mike uh, still at the championship? Huge game, weekend or ahead. Is he going to come uh, here? Well, he's he's invited. Okay. Well, Steph Curry's going to be here. I invited Steve him gonna to be my here. surprise birthday party, but uh, <laughs> I was stunned when he didn't show up. That was the real surprise. No, just kidding. All right, we've got a lot to pick apart to go over. We have no impending news conference. What does that tell you? We could get into all these stories and we'll talk about it next in the pick six. It's Mully and Hom. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. Are you pleased that the Cubs have reached an agreement with Japanese pitcher Shota Imanaga, or the Cubs have finally reached an agreement with a free agent. Has your patience paid off, or is this the start of some great things? Yeah, I think it's patience uh, uh, paying off. I think you just had to wait. I think everybody knew what they had to do and what they still have to do. And uh, you'd like to see them, you know, get a third baseman, get a first baseman, get a uh, get a Bellinger. I think everybody has the same kind of hope, expectation for the Cubs. I think we all knew that when they when they made the move for the manager, it was an ambitious one and that they had to follow suit. And now they've got a pitcher. Um, you know, Stroman's not coming back here. Looks like he may wind up with the Yankees. We'll talk to our buddy uh, John Heyman uh, later on in the program about that. And I'm, I'm very curious to get – his take on this signing, and, you know, this is a good signing. This is a good, this is not, you're not, you know, you're not spending $600, $700 million. You're not getting yourself into a complicated situation. You're getting a guy who could be a third starter, right? I think that's the kind of ceiling. Um, he's going to be in the starting rotation, and he's going to be a professional. So, I, I you know, he's, he's also 30 years old, so changing countries and, all that stuff, that will come easier, I believe, to a person with uh, with that level of experience. So I, I think it's a good move for the Cubs. And I think it also keeps them, you know, kind of online, in line with all of their young pitching core. And I don't know. They know a lot more than I would about which one of those guys is going to pop out of the pack. But I think you got to give everybody that opportunity. This didn't cost anything but money. And it didn't even cost that much money. So it's a, I think that's a really good, sensible signing. You know, it's not it's not reaching for the stars. But who knows? Maybe they already have that. Maybe they already are in good shape in that area. And um, they do need to complete the, uh, the roster. And I think they look like they're in a good, uh, a good position to do so. I think good, sensible signing makes a lot of sense. It's a great way to put it. I think this is a better option than Marcus Stroman. you got to like the fact that he's a left-hander. His age is better than Marcus Stroman. Stroman's 32. Imanaga is 30. He's a lefty, um, has swing and miss stuff, has a bunch of pitches. Now, he does have an issue with home runs, so that might be something to worry about. He will... Probably need a little extra rest. He won't be able to go every fifth day from jump. That's something else you've got to consider. But they do have guys on the roster that can spot start like Assad, like Smiley. But now you see like Assad and Smiley are in the bullpen. So we've also been 
curious to what exactly the Cubs are doing with their bullpen. These guys are now going to do the majority of their work coming out of the pen. And, right, it, it's a good start. Cubs-Cons Friday, and I think it's going to be a real busy 72 hours. You know, he was a top 10, I think, free agent on the list of available free agents this offseason, so I think this is a quality signing. $15 million a year if that is what he's being paid, according to John Morosi. That is a relative bargain when you're talking about a middle-of-the-rotation starter like uh, Imanaga projects. He is a guy that, in, in Japan at least, he missed some bats. He had 188 strikeouts and 159 innings pitched. That, you wonder, if, will that translate? Not sure. We don't know a lot about how things will translate. I think when you look at um, 24 starts, you're right, Dustin, in 159 innings pitched last year, that's an average of almost seven innings per start. You wonder how much rest and extra rest he might need to kind of preserve him. The good news is the Cubs seem to have, at least right now on paper, some depth. What about Jordan Wicks? He was really strong last year in September. Does he open the season in your rotation? Ben Brown on the way. Cade Horton on the way. The Cubs have some really good young pitchers in their rotation, and this buys them some time. It's a worthwhile investment. If he can produce for the Cubs, say, by comparison, what Cody Senga produced for the Mets last year, they would take that and then some. Senga was 12-7 and with a 298 ERA, and he was a reliable starting pitcher. The Cubs just signed a reliable starting pitcher. It's a good start. But don't stop now, Jed. Cody Bellinger, still out there. Reese Hoskins, still out there. Chapman, still out there. Get somebody else for Pat Hughes to introduce Friday. Wow, that's a good question. Voice of John Heyman, 9 a.m. with Mully and Hall. What are your thoughts on the idea Chris Getz presented on Tuesday afternoon about Garrett Crochet in the starting rotation in 2024? You know, he believes he can be a starter. We've seen him be a starter in the past, and so we're going to go into spring prepared to stretch him out, and we'll make adjustments along the way if need be. So it's going to take a little bit of time to appropriately stretch him out, but we're going in with the intention for him to be a starter in 2024. Garrett Crochet, part of the White Sox rotation. Exciting? <sighs> I'm tentatively, uh, kind of cautiously optimistic. With him, you got to be. I don't think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. The health hasn't been there. The stuff is amazing. The stuff out of the bullpen has been electric. How does that translate to Garrett Crochet starting pitcher? I don't know. They don't know. I think that's what you heard in his voice more than anything, uncertainty. You look at the talent and the potential, it's there. It's why he was a first-round draft pick. It's why when you watch him, you say, wow, look at that stuff. But health is always going to be the question mark, and you wonder if you're going into a season where – Whenever he starts a game for the White Sox, it will be his first career start. I don't know how much you can invest in terms of hope and faith. I don't know if this is Michael Kopech part two. I don't want it to be. I want to believe in Garrett Crochet because he's an easy guy to pull for. He's got amazing uh, uh, velocity. He's got great stuff, but I just don't know. I think it's, it's, a, it's an understandable plan for the White Sox given where they are as an organization so if Garrett Crochet works out in the rotation, it's great. If he doesn't, you can put him back in the bullpen and hope for better things. But I am cautiously optimistic, but I'm leaning toward more cautious than optimistic. Well, David, I think you nailed it there at the end. 
why not see what the guy's ceiling is? Why not put him in the starting rotation? Obviously a place of need for the team over 35th and Shields. And if it doesn't work out, then put him back in the bullpen. But why not stretch him out and see what he can do? I'm apprehensive. Uh, You know, I I wish they had... um... I wish they had uh, gone out and gotten a pitcher. This, this, you look at their rotation, and even with Dylan Cease, who may not be there by the time the season starts, they need more. And I know they went out and, and made some sort of minor moves. They're not like the Cubs. They don't have a bunch of guys ready to come up and make a huge impact. Um, this seems almost desperate to me. I mean, you got to ask yourself, are they really planning on starting him? Are they, when are they stretching him out? When will that, how long would that take? Um, I I don't, I mean, are we talking about mid season? Maybe he comes up and can try to start a few games. As late as that? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't think I don't think this guy's out? ready for the start for the start of the season. What does stretch out mean in terms of getting a pitcher ready for the season? Could it be spring training? Could how it be many, six? How weeks? many games has this guy started in his career? Yeah, said it, his first start will be his first career start. This is the problem to me. I don't know how often that works well. I mean, <laughs> they they rushed him in, up and they had him play, and man, uh, he was throwing heat. And he looked awful good, and then he got awful hurt, and we haven't seen him in a while. And now, let's say they start him. Let's say that that okay, we got to get this guy. For how long? How many innings does he need this year? And are you going to use him up earlier in the season? Are you going to wait till you you have some injury? I, I, I it just scares me. It's very Kopecky. The whole thing. Well, it and it is. It's you know. Kopech is a guy, well, have you seen him throw? Oh, my God, that guy can throw the ball through a wall. Look, he can throw 110 miles an hour. Ouch. Where, where, where's that guy been? Huh? I mean, what what, what have you seen from him? It's very Kopecky. Thank you for, for uh, offering that uh, way of looking at it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, the White Sox, you, you want to know what this, if I were asked to make any kind of a, gesture about the white it would probably no, be no, like no 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 it would just be like a kind of a hands up horror face i didn't know where you're going with that i remember when the tribune went to all those you know new photos like someone with their hand on their chin and all that i thought that if i could do that i would just have my hands thrown up like this is all i they gave me about 20 minutes to write this thing this is all i could come up with uh what was the first part of that question because i had an answer to that one too no That's Dan Weeder, 725. How do you interpret the lack of activity or information out of Hallis Hall? Um, I would say that um, I hope, let's put it this way. You want to know what I think or what I hope? I hope that the, the Bears are finally going to spend some time on their messaging and they're going to want to give you the answers that will hold up so they don't have to keep answering the same questions. Because I think there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of people that want answers and there's a lot of possibilities. And I don't think they have any intention of answering questions that they don't know yet. And I'm not sure that they even know 
I think they got an idea what they want to do, but I don't know that they know it and they have made up their mind on everything. And maybe they're just spending some time trying to make sure they that they don't step in anything. You know, we were talking about it earlier. We thought there'd be a news conference today. Uh, there's nothing. Could there be something on the books for tomorrow? I think most likely they would try to go with a, you know, Friday 7.15 p.m. news conference. <laughs> it could get nice and lost in the midst of the playoffs. The Bulls Ring of Honor. Exactly. Cubs convention yeah. party. <laughs> the, the, hey, the Bears are having a press conference at Hell's Hall. Doesn't that I love make it. sense? I love it. For the Bears? <laughs> yeah. On brand. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> well, it's just not normal. This is not I, – I'm really curious if – you guys were still covering the team the way you both used to cover them on a daily basis with regular trips up to Hallis Hall. How would you feel about how they're handling it, even differently as you're covering the team now on a daily basis on Sports Talk Radio? It's it's different, right? It's it's a different different way to to cover the team, and I really I really wonder, and I I think it's something I'd suggest to you guys. To ask Dan Weeder about at seven twenty-five, oh, like thoughts. You know what is that? Because they're not in the building right now, correct? Like they're not invited to be in the building. They can't be in the building. I'm assuming, right? They're, they're not allowed at Hallis Hall right now. There's it's no not reason a, to be. It's not a workspace. Well, I'm just saying you yeah. can't just. It's not like you have a desk up at Hallis Hall and you can just sit there and crank out material or tweet thoughts from that desk up at Hallis Hall. So it's unconventional. If you look at what's happened over the last couple of years, this is not how they've done business. But now they have Kevin Warren. So they have a new big toe. They have a new leader, new Sergeant Holka, if you will. And he's involved. You know what this says? He's involved in football decisions. It's not just Ryan Pohl. Something that I worried about from the out this is not just the guy that's building the stadium not, he's involved in every single bit of it that should not surprise you one bit right that is no surprise i think what's going on here is not uh, unexpected when it comes to the bears i don't know that it's all that unusual to wait this long look i think in the respect all of the urgency that we're attaching to this timeline because I'm anxious too, but I don't think that they're operating with a ticking clock in those meeting rooms. They don't, they're not looking at it the way we're, we're looking at it. They never do. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's part of their inability to understand the way perception affects reality or care about perception at all. I don't think they care. So here's what I think. There's what I think is going on, what should be going on, and what is going on. Yeah. What I think is going on is that the Bears are oblivious to a timeline. They're just going through their regular postseason meetings and figuring out what to do. They're embracing the status quo. What are we going to do about Luke Getze? How do we go about this delicate dismissal that we want to make happen? And I think he's probably in trouble. What I think they should do and should be doing is calling Don Yee to figure out if Jim Harbaugh can be in Chicago for dinner wherever you want to meet him privately to figure out, engage his interest in the job. That's the home run. That's how you win this offseason. That's how you get back to the Super Bowl the quickest. You hire Jim Harbaugh, and you do whatever you need to do to make that possible. Maybe that's what's happening now. I doubt it. This is what's really, this is what's really probably going on, is that they are just deliberately taking their time going through every facet of the season and figuring out a way to address it 
They're going to reinvest faith in Matt Eberflus. They're going to probably figure out a way to not sound satisfied with the status quo. And what are we going to say when the first question comes up about who is your franchise quarterback? They're rehearsing. Humana, humana, humana. Thank you. Pick six. He'll take it. Tennessee fired Mike Vrabel yesterday. How do you rate him as a head coach? Would he be an upgrade over Matt Eberflus, or is he Bill Belichick's replacement out in New England? Well, there's a lot there in terms of re- reality and in terms of like fantasy football. Mike Vrabel is a terrific head coach. Mike Vrabel is a difference-making head coach who's in tier one of the potential candidates out there. Mike Vrabel is good enough to go a full Craig Council if you wanted to. Hmm. He is that kind of a guy. I think the comp with Council is interesting because in the NFL, Molly, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that when you talk to people, he's got the, that, that kind of respect. People look at Mike Vrabel as a guy that can win you a game that you shouldn't win. Coaches like that are hard to come by, hard to find. He's available. I don't know where he's headed. It does make sense that he would go to New England if he wants to coach again. The question here, how do you rate him as a head coach? He's tier one. Would he be an upgrade over Matt Eberflus? Absolutely. But I don't know that it's realistic to think that the Bears are going to go out and poach him. They wouldn't be poaching him. I guess they just would be hiring him because he's available. The Titans went from let's talk about trading our head coach to let's just fire him. We can't we can't be bothered working out these trade details. What a mistake. What a franchise. <laughs> you talk about mismanaging a situation. Mike Vrabel is a difference maker. And whoever is able to hire him as a head coach will be a lucky franchise. He's a leader of men. No doubt about that. Seems like a guy I'd like to play for. Uh, Would he be an upgrade over Matt Eberflus? Yes. I think the only thing holding him back is I think in today's NFL, depending on your setup as an organization, you're looking for offensive-minded head coaches. Mike Vrabel is a defensive-minded head coach. I mean – it would be a really good story. Like Vrabel goes to New England and they have like a a secession plan. You know, like Belichick's not done quite yet. Like Vrabel's going to come. It's going to be a handing of the torch. It's going to be amicable. The, you know, two more years, one more season. Bill's going to get his record, hopefully, to pass up uh, Shula to be the all-time, all-time guy. That would be a good story. And listen, I've also heard and this is before Vrabel got fired, that if Harbaugh leaves, which I know David wants him to leave, that Vrabel might be the guy in Michigan. Oh, come on. I've heard that. He's Ohio State. I, I'm just, I'm ju- I'm ju- I understand. Thank you, oh, David. I, I'd hire him. Wouldn't I, that be, who doesn't, who, who doesn't love a story more than David Haw? <laughs> Nobody. Wouldn't that be a great story? An Ohio State guy taking over for Harbaugh at Michigan. That would be an unbelievable, compelling, and rich story. I I think Mike Vrabel is a terrific head coach in the NFL. And in six seasons, he made the playoffs three times without a very good quarterback, in my opinion. And I think that the minute they traded – Um, A.J. Brown uh, to Philadelphia for the 18th pick and then took another wide receiver. Clearly, Vrabel never on board with that move. You know, the the Eagles wind up in in the uh, Super Bowl 
and um, and they're short a receiver in Tennessee. And, and I think that it was a question of time at that point. And I think that Vrabel is better than the than the people that fired him. And I think that uh, that he's a they're going to miss him a, quite a bit. I think he's a really good football coach. In my opinion, he moves to the top of the line for NFL coaches uh, that are available. He, he's a very hard nosed, tough, detail oriented. He he would do well with New England. You'd, you'd be in a good stead with him, and especially Derrick Henry, I believe, is a free agent. You could change that organization very quickly, and you could really get a jump. Um, and, and I think the guy knows defense. I, I got tons of respect for Mike Vrabel, and I, I would hire him over Flucy if I had the opportunity without even thinking about it. I would do it. He's that good, and he's already been through his first job. That question remains... The Washington Commanders hired former Warriors GM Bob Myers to help lead a coaching search, hoping to successful ex-NBA exec can work some of that NFL magic. If you had to pick an executive from another sport to come in and help a Chicago sports team find a new coach, new manager, a new direction, who would it be and what team would he save? Well, I mean, I would hire Theo for any job I could come up with. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't care... I mean, if I had a company, I'd hire Theo as the CEO. I think Theo has has basically improved the game after getting the Cubs a World Series. So if there was one executive, it would be Theo by a mile, and I would take him with for any team in town. I like what the Blackhawks have done, and I, I like the future, and I think that that's an organization I might not want to mess with, but if you could have Theo run them, how could you not jump on that? It's just, the, the you look at all the, would Theo be better running the Bulls than than uh, than AK? Yeah, of course he would. Theo, we could do the, the newspaper of him walking on the lake again. For whatever franchise well, in town. Or the ice. He would, he would obviously be the greatest hire. I would give him... I would give him Jerry's share of ownership. There you go. If I were, uh, if I were one of the, well, it is the same sport. But I'm just saying, I would give him whatever percentage Jerry owns of the team. (laughs) Yeah. And if I were working, if I were one of the many owners that that had the chairman as my leader, um, yeah, any sport, whatever. I I, does Jerry does does Theo know anything about the the. Fire, the power, whatever the hell team is in Chicago. The fire. Yeah, well, the okay. soccer team. Give it to them. <laughs> Theo and the White Sox. Yeah, but th- that's the same sport. David wants you to get someone from a different sport to run the White Sox, and I would take anyone. Okay. Anyone. <laughs> I, I look at it as, yeah, Theo's the obvious answer because he could run, you know, if the Bears have a coaching opening, you'd want him to be a consultant. If the <gasps> Hawks had something going on, you'd be – the first guy you want to call I do have a lot of respect for and, and and I admit that maybe I've come around on this at first I was not that impressed Kyle Davidson has done a really nice job of stockpiling that organization with some what appear to be talented young prospects a lot of trades that were tough to execute he made a lot of tough decisions when it came to Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays and he also helped navigate through some very difficult times if the White Sox, hypothetically in this exercise, were to say Kyle Davidson has been hired as an assistant general manager or the, uh, or a vice president of 
whatever and help Chris Getz get out of this mess, you might feel better about the situation because what we're talking about here, whether it's Bob Myers, Theo Epstein, or Kyle Davidson, how do you identify talent? How do you understand how to navigate your way through uh, you know, a rebuild of an organization? And how do you relate to or connect with elite professional athletes? And in all those examples, you could point to, you know, Bob Myers must be doing something really well in terms of communication, transparency, uh, whatever it is that makes him, and also just a talent of, as a talent evaluator. Kyle Davidson seems to be the guy that I would look to that could change sports probably seamlessly and be able to make an impact. It was my question. It's kind of a dumb question. We'll ask Casey Johnson some questions at 8 o'clock. Bulls big man Andre Drummond hit double-digit rebounds for a seventh straight game. This past Monday night, his average 17.4 rebounds were replacing Vooch in the starting lineup. Should Billy D, Billy Donovan, think about bringing Vooch off the bench when everyone's healthy, or is that a bit overreacting? It would be maybe an overreaction, but with this Bulls team, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure that anything should be, you know, off limits in terms of possibility. You are a different team than you were before Zach Levine went out, and he's come back a couple games, and we'll find out tonight against the Rockets uh, right here on the score about kind of how he's fitting in and how he is is being used. Vooch, same way. I mean, they came in, came off the bench, two and zero. They're 2-0. and They're 2-0 and with Zach com- coming off the bench, right? And Vooch coming off the bench. So I don't know that you want to disrupt that kind of chemistry. It's a kind of a, a, a little thing. Andre Drummond approaches things with a starter's mentality. You like that. So if you're coming off the bench, it's not going to change. But there are some interesting possibilities because Andre Drummond is a force inside, and he seems to have recaptured something. The more he's on the floor, the more you notice him. Oh, I like this idea. I like this idea a whole lot. Why not? Tinker. The, bull, the Bulls are, Mully, you mentioned it yesterday, they're, they're, they're close. They're close to a postseason right now. When it, when it mattered in Charlotte, Vooch was in there to start the overtime. Right? I, I like this idea. All in. I haven't looked at the standings in a bit, but I, I just watching the Bulls play, I think they're like, Five games out of the fourth seed or yes. something? I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, but there are a bunch of teams bu- uh, all, bundled up. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a whole bunch of teams uh, mm-hmm. kind of ahead of them They're with ninth. the same record. And they are ninth, but they are, like, if they go on a winning streak of any sort, they could get right back into uh, a playoff spot. It, it, which is, considering how they started the season, it's just incomprehensible. Um yeah, I, I I am voting for any kind of change. Any I would avoid falling into the trap they open the season with. And whatever that means, making guys come off the bench, changing lineups, giving Dalen Terry air, whatever it means. <laughs> I, I I think I'm for he's, chaos change difference. He's a he's a defensive presence. He gives you a little athleticism. Well, Drummond is not a guy that needs the ball to play. You, know, you need guys like that in the NBA. Yes, you do. And you got too many guys that need the ball in order to play. And and it's that's what went awry to open the season. So let Billy tinker and have fun and just do anything you can to uh, to make the way you want to play happen. Simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah. All right. 312-644-6767. We'll get to your calls in a little bit. We've got the extra point next. It's Mully and Hall on the score.
Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Can you please pick one wild card game that you are most looking forward to seeing and explain to us why that is? Will it be an upset, a potential coronation, or just a matchup that you like? Matchup I like most is Saturday, I'm sorry, Sunday night in Detroit. The Rams and the Lions, Matthew Stafford coming home, Jared Goff playing against Sean McVay, Dan Campbell with a chance to do something that hasn't been done uh, in over 30 years, I think, in Detroit and Motown since our, our texter uh, became a grandparent since the last time <laughs> the, the Lions won a, a playoff game. Six times over. So there's history to be made. That's not the only compelling game. There's a lot of them. You look at the ex-player, ex-coach factor, Tyree Kill going against the Chiefs in Kansas City in the cold Saturday is fun. You look at Mike McCarthy coaching against the Cowboys. I'm sorry, coaching against the Packers for the Cowboys. That's always intriguing. The Bills are on a roll. I think they're dangerous in the AFC. They have gotten things together in a way that should scare the rest of the field. Monday night football, Eagles and Bucks. that team, the winner, I think, does it, do they get – they, they get kind of cheated by playing on Monday night because the NFL wants to spread Super Wild Card Weekend over three games. I mean, that's really something else. But keep your eyes on the Houston Texans. The longer they stay alive, they got to play the Flacco's in the first game of the weekend. The longer they stay alive with a rookie quarterback, the more compelling the case will be in Chicago to don't be so disappointed and write off 2024 as a non-playoff season because it's got to be playoffs or bust next year. Uh, normally, I have ranted and raved about I've waited all day for Sunday night, but I'm waiting all day for Sunday night. <clears throat> we are not working on Monday. I can stay up later than normal. I am really curious. Rams at the Lions. Um, that's my game. Yeah, the, I, I think um, I'm glad you used one game. The question says, can you pick one of the wild card games? And one is actually all capitalized. Um, but at any rate, sorry, we can talk about all of them. Sorry. Um, I'm choosing to go with the Browns at the Texans. And here's why. I got, I got no horse in that race. I think that Kevin Stefanski has been the coach of the year. I think the Miko Ryans should uh, – uh, I think that um, when you look at what has happened in Houston, it's extraordinary. So Houston goes into a win-in-your-in scenario against the Colts, and they manage to win the game. And then you saw the Jags, who have since fired their entire defensive staff, kind of uh, mess the punch bowl in their season finale and wind up out of the playoffs, and Houston somehow gets in the playoffs. I think the coaching matchup in that game fascinates me. And I think that the fact that – that Joe Flacco is back. It's weird, but Houston has not played great um, pass defense. I think that that Cleveland defense is unbelievable. Cleveland, that's one of the few games where a team is favored on the road. Cleveland favored by a couple points. I I think you're right, David. I I love that idea that um, keep, keep an eye on a rookie quarterback, keep an eye on... Hey, what could have been? I don't know. That's a pretty special story. That kid is the rookie of the year. Uh, and then you look at the the uh, the veteran quarterback coming back. The idea of Joe Flacco 
playing in a playoff game is hysterical to me. It's just wild. The guy got off his couch, and he's going to be uh, what I guess he was the fourth starting quarterback for Cleveland, but he's back, and they've started five. You know, they made the playoffs starting five different quarterbacks. These two scenarios are very interesting. The coaching matchup. I got, I got no reason to watch this game other than I'm obsessed with it, and I'm going to watch all of them. But I'm really looking forward to that game. Nonsensically, perhaps, just want to see what happens. All right, 312-644-6767. It's Molly and Hall on the score. Big news on the north side in the early days of 2024. Shota Imanaga and the Chicago Cubs finalizing a multi-year contract that's going to pay Imanaga around $15 million per year. This is the biggest move the Cubs have made since they hired their manager, Craig Council. Kind of the only move they've made, really, since uh, that, but they are rumored to be involved in a few more moves, and uh, I'm, I'm interested in your question or your comment, David, in the pick six where you said... They need to sign another guy or two. Is he the only guy they're going to be introducing uh, at the Cubs convention? I mean, the Cubs convention is starting pretty quickly. Friday, here. It's Friday five o'clock, I think, is the. Uh, Can they get another deal or two ceremonies? Done? I think it's conceivable. It's Wednesday. There was a report at the beginning of the week by Bob Nightingale mm-hmm. that this week would be uh, the Cubs would be the most active team this week. So here we are in the midst of this week. Next, I'm ready. Everybody's ready. Cody Bellinger, Reese Hoskins, Matt Chapman. Those are the three names that Bob Nightingale floated, reported, and I think that those are, those are three names that if they are signing with the Cubs this week or soon, I don't think they have to be introduced to the Cub convention. It's kind of fun to consider, but that would be a terrific offseason, and that would help people move on from the disappointment that they felt when they didn't get Otani, they didn't get Yamamoto, and they haven't made any moves until this latest one, which I think is a very smart signing for the Jet for the, the Cubs. The score will be broadcasting from the Cubs convention uh, most of the weekend. You will be broadcasting on Saturday. Uh, Dustin, are you planning on going to the Cubs fan convention? I'm, I'm sure he Depending will. Depending on the weather, yes. What's okay. the weather supposed to be? Friday we're supposed to get an actual snowstorm, oh, not, boy. A, not an umbrella snowstorm. Okay. That's interesting. So, yeah, Saturday morning we're doing uh, inside the clubhouse, going back inside the clubhouse, taking steps back in there. Look at you. With Bruce, looking forward to that. Who you haven't, do you know? I think tentatively, uh, and everything is is tentative, I believe. But we have – I leave that up to Bruce, but I'm told that there are uh, hopes that Jed Hoyer might join us. I think Gansby Swanson is on the wish list. Um, There's everybody there is going to be accessible, but it will be fun. I can remember – it's been a while since we've been – at the Cub Convention for Inside the Clubhouse, I think it was maybe four years ago, we interviewed Tom Ricketts there. There's always a great atmosphere, and um, it's a great thing for Cub fans. I hope the weather allows a lot of people to get there without any incidents. Dustin. 925 Friday right here, PCA. Ah, Pete Crow Armstrong. Yes. Is he hoping that, um, we'll ask him the question, that Bellinger doesn't sign? <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> I... I am looking forward to that conversation because he is so affable and he is very likable. I also want to know how he's spending his off season. Yes. 
getting better at hitting the baseball. Right. Because right. that's the only thing that, and that's a big but thing. That, that, that's listen, a big thing. But that, he, that's part of the transition from being a top prospect to an MLB player, right? That that's yes. the biggest difficulty. The 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 biggest kind of holdup for the majority of players. It's a difficult thing, you know, round ball, round bat, all that stuff. You don't want to be a four A player, right? Offensively, you and you don't is? want to be compared to Albert Almora, oh, because boy. that's what you know the the. The Cub, the most cynical Cub fans, I think, are looking at PCA and, and wondering if this is, you know, Albert Elmore, a high draft pick and good defensively. And certainly you, you remember his contributions in game seven. But PCA has got to come back this season, 2024, and look the part offensively like he did in the minors. He started to emerge and hit a little pop in his bat. Wouldn't you agree, Dustin? I mean, he's got the speed. He's got the defense. Those are things that are going to be unquestioned. But he's still looking for his first major league hit. Small sample size, but that's not a good way to go into the offseason. No, no, you would have liked to have seen him get a couple more opportunities, and you, of course, like to have seen him put the bat on the ball a little bit. Um, I guess when you think about that, though, the the idea of like, and I don't even know uh, how things stand uh, with, uh, with the pitcher they just signed. Will he be at the convention? You know, I mean, it's it's real easy to say, and it really is the truth. Hey, come to Chicago. You get a nice room. You get everybody on your side. Maybe sign a couple autographs, but just accept the adulation that is on the way. Uh, I think it's an important thing for for people to get well, to take part in. I, but I don't know with individuals how how – you know, if they have anything going on, if they're on vacation, well, if they're flying in from somewhere like Japan. Well, you know, but, but still, in, in the case uh, of Imanaga, he's coming in to take his physical. Right. Once he passes his physical, according to the reports on Thursday, tomorrow, assuming he does, yes. the expectation is he'll be made available on Friday yes. because there is a media session before the Cub convention, and that would be an ideal time to introduce him to Absolutely. the Chicago media and Chicago winters. <laughs> if you look there outside, you this is what it could be on opening day. You know, uh, now go pitch. <laughs> That's very good. You know, I like that. That's going to be the adjustment too. Everything well, about coming to a new country, a new team. You know, we make the assumption. Well, let's see. Well, let's look at the numbers and the metrics. There's a human element about changing everything about your life and lifestyle that sometimes gets overlooked. Cody Senga made the seamless transition. Good for him in the Mets. If the Cubs could do the same with Imanaga, they'd be thrilled. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's uh, that's a good point to bring up. I, I just hope that um, I, I'm very curious to see. You know, all you got to do is is say something like, you know, yeah, hey, listen, we got a lot of uh, ambition and we're not done yet. That's all people want. And you can roll out your your new pitcher if you want. Roll out your new manager. And I think that will resonate with a lot of people. I think it will, but I do think, and I don't want to speak on behalf of all Cub fans, certainly, but maybe we'll hear from some. But I think that there's an uneasiness about this offseason because of what still could happen in a negative way. You want to be positive. You're going into a fan convention. You want to celebrate this smart signing of one of the top 10 free agents available. But let's say that Bob Nightingale isn't accurate here and they don't get Bellinger and they don't get Chapman and they don't get Hoskins. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, how, how are you going to do this again? 
Uh, we have a couple texts. Who's going to be at the Sox convention? Womp, womp. Uh, wh- how about this one? What's wrong with 4A players? Regards, Matt Mervis. <laughs> it's got to be. Was that from Peoria, Matt? That is, of course, from Peoria, Matt. <laughs> That's right. Well, That's there's his calling card. There's there's Peoria Matt, and then there's Iowa Matt Mervis. <laughs> Mash Mervis. Hmm. Well, you know what? What the, will the scenario- he be at the convention? Yes. Okay. I think he, I think he will be. And the scenario I just Justin, described. Will you be getting his autograph? My voice raised a little there. I'm trying to show enthusiasm. You know, if if they don't get Hoskins, if they don't get Chapman, if they don't get Bellinger, you're going to be seeing a lot of Matt Mervis. Wow. I don't think Justin, anybody. Are you wants on that. board with that? He's, he's no. Yeah, he's, he's, he feels like I'm giving him a hard time. I'm, I'm not, not a big autograph guy either. Since I'll answer that how other often, question. How often do you get autographs? How many do you have? I know a guy that gets. A ton I mean, of I have I have autographs, but that's not my thing. That's you're, Crawley's thing, not my. Yeah, thing. you're not collectibles. Are you? I'm not a collectibles. Have a bunch of stuff. It's all in a shed in the garage and in boxes and bins. Really, that'll that'll sell well later in life, if the shed has its way with it. Are the raccoons in your shed too? Sure. Chewing on whatever you have, whatever memorabilia. Are the raccoons in your shed in displays? <laughs> he was mad at me. Thought I was making fun of him. I'm sorry. I asked him, what's the No, difference? I just didn't know you were talking to me. Oh. That was the problem. Sorry. And you were mad that you weren't getting a response from somebody that lived in Desplain, so I thought <laughs> I was. How was I mad? I was not how? mad. I was joking with you. God, you're a difficult cat. Every time I tried to talk to him yesterday, he'd leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, Brandon? Is that not accurate? I could hear whispering in the background, tell him I left the studio. <laughs> Last point in Minaga, Jim Bowden reports that this deal, while two years and $30 million is what it's thought right. to be, could be for many more years and include very, uh, a lot of opt-outs. Yes. It's apparently, Both it's sides, a very right? complicated contract. Yeah. So it could be as much as $80 million in terms of the investment overall if things go well, and it could be as little as two years, $30 million if things don't. Ooh, well, that's, that's, not, that's pretty quick. All right, we've got uh, we've got your calls coming. What do you think, Cub fans? Is this enough? Are you are you pleased? Obviously, more's on the way. Are you patient? Does this make you more patient? Also, we'll talk Bears if we have something to discuss. But the Garrett Crochet oh, mention yesterday by Chris Getz. Number one, uh, what do you think about it? And secondly, were you surprised to hear from Chris Getz? Yeah. When he really didn't have much to say. And he, he I, I thought we'd hear something about Dylan Cease, and I heard about Jeremy Haber. Did you see that? Yeah, that but they, I, I, I thought that he leaned into the Dylan Cease rumors by saying they have had conversations. So he confirmed that, but I don't know if he said much else. Didn't say a lot other than they're going to find a new pitcher. And by the way, we had a texter checked in. I think that's been reported, too, that if, uh, if they stretch him out and they do that in Charlotte, that they could save a year of control. Oh boy! Depending on how they use them. Talking about Garrett Crochet. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. 
It's Mully and Haw Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. Only the biggest companies get their commercials aired during the scores broadcast of the Super Bowl from Westwood One. How would you like to have a commercial aired during Super Bowl 58? I would like that. Score big for your business. It's a once-in-a-lifetime contest for one lucky business to get their 30-second commercial aired during the Super Bowl 58 broadcast right here on the score presented by Westwood One. I think this is a super cool thing that we're doing. Coast to coast and around the world, it is Super Bowl 57. Log on to 670thescore.com slash contest to enter now and to see full details on this grand prize package. Deadline to enter is January 19. Entrance must be 18 years of age or older, reside in Illinois, Indiana, or Wisconsin, either be the owner or employee of the eligible business. One entry per eligible business. An opportunity for your business to get heard in the midst of a big game like that. It's good stuff. That'd be great. Log on now to 670thescore.com slash contest and change your business forever. Hey, it's David Hoffer, FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of 670 The Score. As good as the regular season is, there's nothing like NFL Super Wildcard Weekend. Six games, three days, lots of excitement. For these teams, it's win or go home. But you always will have a spot in the playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a W. There's so many opportunities with those six games. Great chance for the Rams to go on the road and beat the Lions. How about the Buccaneers upsetting the Eagles on Monday night? You like that idea? What about the Cowboys getting eliminated by the Packers? North of the Cheddar Curtain, what do you think? Bet a little, win a lot, take a chance. And if you want to follow all the picks, go to our website or go to FanDuel right now and make your bets. New customers get started with a $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash score to join today. That's FanDuel.com slash S-C-O-R-E. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older and present in Illinois. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Cards for kids, one cars for kids. Donate your car today. Donate your car today. Donate your car today at carsforkids.org. Your car, running or not, can be picked up as soon as the next day. No title, no problem. Call 877-CARS-FOR-KIDS or go online at carsforkids.org to donate today. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. K-A-R-S, cars for kids. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. Donate your car today. Now accepting donations of land, homes, buildings, or any kind of real estate. Hi, I'm Charlie Comer from Comer & Cross Premium Garage Floor Coatings. Is your garage floor dull, pitted, or cracked? Does your garage floor look worse with chipping paint or a bad epoxy job? In one day, we can transform your garage with a gleaming new Comer & Cross garage floor. Call us right now. A Comer & Cross garage floor coating is the gold standard. It's... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.